These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We got a good topic for you today because we get to talk about a win, talk about the defense from that Browns game, and here to do it with me is Sarah Ellison. Sarah, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on, Ken. Always a pleasure. Uh, let's uh, first make sure people know who you are, and I think they've been under a rock if they haven't, and, and yeah. where they can find your work and talk to you on Twitter. Yeah, so on Twitter, I'm at SG Ellison, and uh, our podcast is uh, The Ravens Vault, so you can find that wherever you find podcasts. We're also on YouTube. All right. Uh, show doing well, I'm sure. And uh, first season of this. Yeah, so far, so good. Uh, seven weeks in, I guess, of the season we did training camp, too. But yeah, so far, so good. All right. Sounds good. want to make sure we thank our sponsor, Liquid Death, the water that will murder your thirst. Uh, 
Getting back to the Ravens defense here, they they helped put the game away. The offense couldn't quite get it done on their own. I'm not sure the defense could have done it on their own either. They needed some help from the offense. They described it as a team win after the game. I think that's fairly apt. Yeah, well, I mean, really, if anybody saved the day, it was special teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> special teams, which I know you don't – I don't know which, one, which show you talk about them, maybe the offense. But, yeah, I mean, Justin Tucker, Malik Harrison, Devin DuVernay, uh, Stout. Uh, Stout with his booming kicks. Uh, yeah, that that really had a massive, massive impact on the game. Was was special teams for sure. Nice to see Stout fitting right in as a holder too. I haven't seen any real problems, and you know we're seeing some remarkable middle of the upright things come up on a week after week. You see it, but uh, but now they're trying to add metrics around it at AWS and other places, and uh, it's it's just interesting that that. Uh, that uh, he seems to be good at getting the laces properly spun. Uh, not an easy thing to learn, um, you know, all, but the, the time in camp seems to be very well spent with Cook. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's still a rookie, so you'll see some inconsistency, uh, but we didn't see it against the Browns. Uh, I mean, it was just uh, one of those kids. It was just funny, even like my my son, who's, you know, more casual, he's like, even his eyes were like, dang, did you just see that punt? And I'm like, oh, I don't know how you can miss that punt. So when the punter is standing out in a good way, uh, you know, that's that's a great, great sign of things to come. I want to move on from special teams. But while we're here, Malik Harrison on the blocked extra point, uh, that was a blocked extra point, blocked field goal from 60 yards. Right. Uh, first of all, wonderful that he was in that position. I've looked at that kick a number of times, and I think that kick was probably going to head wide left. That's always my assumption. It was kicked from the inside part of the left hash. It looks like it's blocked right over the left hash, and you know by his face mask essentially. Right. Uh, so it might have had the it might have had the leg for it, but I think it was probably going to be slightly wide left. It would have certainly been in in danger of hitting the uh, the upright as well. Yeah. And he was cracking me up after the game in the locker room. Uh, they had asked him, you know, have you ever kicked a, a or blocked a field goal before? And he said, no, I was close once in high school. And they're like, how did you do it? And he goes, with my face. I get hit, I got hit in my face. And he's like, and it felt so good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> feels good to hit, get hit in the face. And, 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 and listen, the trajectory was low when you're, when you're hitting from 60 yards out, you got to do a low trajectory, but he got a lot of air on that too. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I don't know if you talk about refereeing on your show, Ken, but uh, I think the refs got that right, as controversial as it was. And I know that a lot of Cleveland people are upset, and I get it. But I think the refs got that that call correct to move it back by five yards. Was the, the 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 only thing I don't understand about it is this: you got to be within a push a position and a half in order to jump across the line of scrimmage on the player who moves. Blah 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 blah. But uh, you know, if he if he if he false started, he false started. That should have gone off before the um the uh you know the move from Campbell if they didn't catch it then I don't know maybe the maybe the maybe the Browns have a claim but anyway I I, I saw the left foot go up in the air I saw that I also saw yeah. the ball move slightly which I know the center can't really af- avoid doing when he bobs his head to look back uh so so I'm not sure exactly how um draconian they are about calling that but yeah there, there were definitely elements of movement that that appear to be that the Ravens seemed to be genuinely upset about what was going on uh, in terms of he moved and, and, you know, so sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a fake it and they kind of have to smile as they turn away from the camera kind of thing. But uh, yeah. 
Oh, that's too bad. I thought of anybody who that might be able to explain to me the one and a half people away uh, rule. I thought it might be you. So I, it would be nice if somebody asked John Harbaugh that. I really didn't understand that when when Gene, uh, how do you say his name? Steratory. Steratory, yeah. When he was explaining it, I was like, what is this all about? You know, but I mean, definitely. I mean, you slow it down and you can see it. The ball definitely comes up off the ground. I mean, that is what Harbaugh mm-hmm. claimed. And you can see that. Uh, you can see a little bit of air between the ground and the ball, which put everything into motion. And and he did jump, but again, uh, and and look, even if you know, who knows? Who knows what would have happened if it was moved up to the fifty? Um, I still have my doubts that they would have made it, but uh, but in the end, I think the refs got it right. Yeah, one of the interesting things, Cade York is the new Justin Tucker, and he's missed a bunch of Justin Tucker esque kicks already from you know mid range in the fourth quarter, you know, extra points, a lot of stuff. So. Anyway, let's move on and talk defense here. There's a lot of new Lamar Jacksons out there, too. Don't don't yeah. claim it until you've been around for a couple yeah, of years. That's, that's it. There's, <laughs> there's, there has to be a minimum standard for the claim. Uh, so one of the, the, the nice things about the Ravens is they seem to be kind of finally turning the corner on injuries. I got the return of Justin Houston. It was enormous. It was, it was game-changing uh, in this case. Game-changing. And I, I must have had – I always do the – when somebody has a big stand-up play after they come back, I always do one of those welcome-back tweets. I had three of those yesterday, uh, obviously two of them on the offensive side. But, yeah, well, here's what was nice that I liked about it with them getting healthier, um, which they didn't have when Justin Houston was first there because they've added JPP, is they had a lot more rotation. Mm-hmm. So, to me, Houston uh, Houston had um, – he was out there for 16 snaps. So that's 27%. That's a third. Um, JPP was out there for two-thirds and OA just above half. So to get them rotating, I just felt like it did wonders. I mean, obviously, Houston's coming back from that injury, so maybe he was somewhat rested there. And, and also, I don't feel like the Browns' tackles played very well, but Justin Houston was winning um, in some one-on-ones on one of um, – I think it was the strip sack that they recovered. I'm pretty sure that the the tight end also kind of chipped him. And then he went to the tackle and the tackle got his hands on him twice and Houston still got through it all. I mean, he just looked, he just looked like he had an extra spring in his step. So you bring back, I, I could be wrong, but I'm thinking they're going to have Bowser on Thursday night, you know, get him started and then have a job. Not a Jabo, not a Jabo. Bowser, I would Bowser. I'm not saying 100% will be back, but I could see him back. So then you've got four legit guys. Bowser helps a lot in coverage, as you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and then holy cow, when Jabo comes back, so you just keep rotating these guys in and just suffocate those quarterbacks. Yeah, that's it. it was really the key in this one, but I'll go back to Houston for a second. Only 2.3 yards per play when Houston was in. Overall, the Ravens gave up six yards per play, so big difference having him in. The rotation components you mentioned, lots to unpack in the in the things, and I agree with basically everything you said. So I wasn't interrupting you, but the the uh, the rotation components are just absolutely huge. For for one thing, Oa is being asked to do a lot of things that are not his normal position, and you know at some point you just got to do them and 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 do the best you can, and that's what Oa is doing. But it's it's a lot like playing Humphrey at slot corner. You're just not getting the most you can out of him if by having him on the outside and having his physicality really take over against other receivers there. You're you're uh, you're losing a lot of always innate pass rush ability, his ability to beat a tackle, his ability to to work on the athleticism of the opposing tackle, and also the ability to work on his craft as a pass rusher by not letting him play that rush mm-hmm. position directly instead of he's always over a tight end. He's always got, or a lot of the time anyway, and is always concerned about what his coverage responsibility is, whether he has to chip, drop, whatever. He didn't 
rush the passer very much in this game. It wasn't a whole lot of times. Uh, he produced some pressure. A lot of it was late. Okay, he didn't produce a lot of early pressure, but he's very opportunistic in this game. Jumped on the fumble, obviously. That was great. Uh, I thought he was absolutely terrific. What, how did you feel? I felt like um, on that one, the fourth quarter, 75-yard touchdown drive, where they just seemed powerless in stopping mm-hmm. Nick Chubb. I felt like there were a couple of plays I got a little bit frustrated with always. I felt like he just wasn't – look, look, it's Nick Chubb. I get it. Uh, but there were a few times he had a chance to bring him down and, and just didn't. And I felt like it was like the tackling technique. He was going up high, and I'm like, you're not going to bring Nick Chubb down over there. So uh, I thought Owe had a great game, but I was uh, on that last drive. I felt like Owe missed some big opportunities to kind of put – put the game away by tackling Chubb. All right, you've heard us talk about liquid death for a few weeks now, but have you started paying attention when you go to your convenience store? Did you notice those strange tall boys of beer, but they're in the bottled water section or they're in a store that doesn't sell alcohol, but it looks like they've got beer? It's because it's not beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps and it's called liquid death. Why is it called liquid death? Well, because it brutally murders your thirst. It's infinitely recyclable. Tallboy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. Plus, they donate 10% of the profits to every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. And I don't know, for some reason, it seems like the water's always colder in a can rather than a bottle. Plus, you can have some fun with it. I had fun this weekend where I took a couple tall boys of liquid death to coach a little league. You put those right into the uh, dugout with a bunch of eight-year-olds. And you'll get some attention. You got some parents looking. Definitely get some attention. But no, I have to show everyone it's just liquid death. I'm just drinking water in a dugout with a bunch of little league kids. So go get liquid death for yourself. Test it. Try it out. You're going to fall in love with it like I do. So go get liquid death at your local Harris Teeter or 7-Eleven. Or find a liquid death retailer near you with the store locator tool at liquiddeath.com forward slash film study that's liquiddeath.com slash film study third third play of the drive the rr12 in particular was a missed tackle at five by oa as i had it scored uh i would agree that you know they're they're oa hasn't been perfect as a tackler Mm -hmm. oa hasn't really been perfect as an edge setter uh the guy who really stood out this game as the edge setter was jason pierre paul so that was we'll (laughs) we'll, we'll certainly talk about that he did some suds like things in this game that were that were cool uh, I, I, you know, it was a balanced game of opportunism and patience and, and some pressure out of a way that I thought, I thought was positive that missed tackle. It does count against him. He was not alone in the, <laughs> what I think is a very significant point about this game is that the Ravens, they did the best they could against a much bigger boy offense in terms of trying to stop that run. And the Ravens still for, for, uh, you know, what they are, I think they did pretty well at that to hold them to 4.7 yards per carry. Uh, the Ravens, the Browns did them some favors. They let him get three defensive linemen on the field for a lot of plays in this game. Uh, we'll go into that in the packages a little bit, but uh, uh, just to give you a, a round number here, they played their base defense 15 times. The Browns did not really run very effectively against that at all. And they played the jumbo nickel another six times where they had a little bit more success, but I'll, I'll go into the, the, the details on that when we get to packages. Um, but the point was that the Giants played very heavy packages. They didn't play a lot of 11. And it basically put the, with Saquon Barkley being the, 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 the part of their offense they really want to emphasize, 
they put the Ravens in a position where they got to, they did them a favor, got them to put an extra lineman on the field instead of a slot corner on the field. And right now the Ravens slot corners are not looking particularly good. They're, they're, they're various choices, including Pepe, who's trying like hell and is probably the best of them are not really playing all that well. Their, their extra defensive linemen are all pretty good. You know, it's, it's, they have good choices there and they generally can stand up. And I thought the Browns probably would have served themselves better to try and run out of 11 the whole game and see if they could get Chubb going. Because whenever Chubb made it to the line of scrimmage, he dragged people. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because we um, had Tony Grossi, who I know you know has been over covering Cleveland, uh, used to be a Hall of Fame voter, all of that. We had him on our show uh, for a preview. And um, you could see him on Twitter during the game. Just run the ball. And that was like... I was like, Shh, be quiet, Tony, because whenever they gave it to Nick Chubb, it just felt like it just felt like the Ravens were powerless to stop him. I mean, unless, you know, they had a couple of splash plays here and there. Those ones from from Patrick Queen were on Kareem Hunt. So it was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, man, I, I just didn't see the Ravens stopping him three times in a row. And obviously you got to give him a break. But uh, I think that the Ravens were fortunate at times when they just went away from him. Yeah, that's uh, uh, def- definitely the case. And and pa- Patrick Queen had a great game, couple splash plays on Hunt. By the way, the Browns fans really down on the on the on who's running the ball. They're saying stop with the chunt already. That you know, giving half of the of carries to Chubb and a bunch to Hunt too is just a waste of Hunt's talent or of, of Chubb's talent rather. And that and that he's you know much different physical back. And they're they're done with uh, Kareem Hunt. Basically, would love to have him traded. Uh, I, I'm not sure that he would do as well under a more extreme workload. A lot of backs, you know, have had injury problems under those sorts of things. But right now, looking at him run, he reminds me of Jamal Lewis, 2003. He runs wow. very hard, shorter steps, drags people. Uh, he, he, in, in some ways, his his contact balance is even greater than Jamal's was, which is really saying something at that time. Lamar, uh, Jamal probably had greater long speed at, at the time. He was mm-hmm. he was very fast coming out of school, but uh, Chubb, remarkably physical runner, and that is a very imposing offensive line he runs behind. Oh, it's just like you just look at his thighs in the background. His mm-hmm. thighs are like as thick as Patrick Ricard, and they're both as thick as my waist. I mean, it's just uh, it, it's it was. I'd always be like when I would see if he made it to the second level, and then I would see like either Chuck Clark or or stone tackle him. I'm like, good for you guys. (laughs) Like there was one time Chuck Clark took him down one-on-one. I was like, dang Clark, because I know if I saw that massive human being coming down at me, it would be a nightmare. So uh, yeah, I hated it when he made it to those, those extra levels, but uh, I thought the safeties were good at like finally, you know, putting the kibosh on it. Yeah, it really had to be done at level one. So they, they they did some they did some good things against the run. One of them was the splash plays by Patrick Queen to get in the backfield. Queen also had some good pursuit plays. One of them didn't really go noticed, but it looked like Chubb was going to get away with a long run on the right side, mm-hmm. and it was the play was very well blocked, and he ran it down for a five yard run right. That that it was a hidden excellent play. I think it was on second and ten, so it became third and five after that. Uh, outstanding play. But anyway, he, he he also, and this was the unfortunate part, is the Browns were very effective at double-teaming guys at the line of scrimmage and and then having one of their guys climb and block Queen. And it, it was Bynes also. It wasn't, it wasn't just Patrick. Um, and, and really maintain those blocks. Both of them are having trouble. 
Queen's case, I mean, Bynes is, is at the twilight of his career, so I'm not sure it really matters. In, in Queen's case, he really needs to find a way to learn how to uh, shed blocks to take that next step. And he's doing a whole lot of things are right about Patrick Queen right now. So it's now trying to figure out how can the rest of the things be right, right in order to, right. To, to, to make him that much more valuable. But uh, I, I, I'm, I'm so happy to see the reversal in his play the last few weeks and, and, and the way it's done. I, I, we haven't talked since then, but, uh, but it's been very exciting. No, no, I totally agree. I feel like he's stacking, he's stacking games, which is what you want to see. And it's the same. It's the same. I mean, just the way he knifes through the offensive line, you know, gets skinny and then can get in there. And what's funny is that first one where he got the tackle for loss on, on hunt, I, it felt like that was a more of a design play that McDonald set up for him to kind of blitz in there through mm-hmm. that a gap. And then that second, the very next play, the second one, it felt like it was more one of Patrick Reed's or Patrick Queen's reads that he was kind of like reading the situation and kind of went in there on his own. And so he's always, to me, he's always been good at that. He's always been good with what's in front of him. Um, and, and I think the Ravens, you know, were a little bit fortunate when uh, um, I almost called him Ojabo. Um, they're tight. They're tight end. Um, oh yes, very fortunate. Yes, uh, and Joku. Ojoku, yes, Ojoku. Yeah, once he was out, I think almost the entire fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And um, between Nick Chubb, yeah, between Nick Chubb and that, yeah, it was just like Chubb tight end, Chubb tight end, and then you know every once in a while go out to Cooper and whatever. And so when those when you're down to whatever tight end they were down to, it was that just made a huge difference because I just again didn't feel like the linebackers were were able to to take care of those tight ends. We we the other big element of the running game was JPP really holding that edge extremely well, and they got mixed play I will say from the other edge players, but JPP was simply outstanding, uh, constantly turning the edge. He stood up Batonio as a pulling player a couple times. He had one double pull come at him where he got low and he effectively took out both players. That was that was very good. So multiple fine plays from JPP in terms of the edge setting that helped turn plays inside. He didn't make the tackles on those plays, but he set those tackles up. And even one of them, I think, ended in a 12-yard run anyway because there was a missed tackle. That was the missed tackle by Owe. Mm. And, and also then there was some dragging on the back end of that play uh, that led to additional lines. Well, the amount of dragging in this game, just there's nobody who could take down Chubb without a spinner movement, without a twister tackle. There's nobody who can just, you know, basically elevate the guy off his feet and, and, and take him down. I mean, just Ravens don't have anybody that big in, in the linebacker or safety group. So, anyway. Yeah. And so what I, I will say like it was the, the run game was looking, you know, super suspect in the first couple of games, but I do think that was like by design with McDonald more focusing on better mm-hmm. passing attacks. And so having Saquon and Chubb back to back, I feel like the defense, I think they did a better job against Saquon, but they had more overall mistakes. So the giants played more mistake free football and ended up winning. Um, I don't think they did as good against Chubb. He had 91 yards, so they kept him under 100, but he still did a lot of damage, and he could have done more if the Cleveland, front, as you said, fans got their way. Um, uh, but but there were no like massive like there were no massive big plays from their running from their running attack, which I thought I thought was a good thing. For yeah, them. that was really good. Yeah, they they did. They certainly they got a massive big drive when they ran six out of 
seven plays and had six mm-hmm. first downs and one second down on that drive. So that was pretty horrible. But uh, but you're right. They didn't run for 50 yards or something on a play. Right. So they didn't let somebody right. get away, have a bunch of missed tackles. Um, I'm going to move on here. We'll talk about uh, basically what I think was one of the central themes for the Ravens is getting the Browns to some really bad third down situations, which seems counter to the notion that they really ran the ball effectively because running the ball will generally give you a, and if, especially if you do it effectively, will give you a lower variance offense, which basically uh, will allow you to convert your first downs more easily and more regularly. And we've talked about this on the show before, but defense needs variation of result. That's how, that's what they eat off of. They can't eat when that when the offense is journeying out four yards per play or five yards per play, they'll get a first down every drive. And so you, you can't accept the offense's average result. Defenses, therefore, are forced to gamble for better results. It's part of the nature of having to play defense. It's also why defenses hate having to play four down football. Uh, they they really hate having to defend four down football. It's a lot harder. Uh, so anyway, the, let's get back to the third down situation. I want to read these off because you would not think this would have happened in a game where the where the Browns averaged six yards per play. But their third downs in this game were they had a third and five, a third and five, a third and eight, a third and nineteen. Sorry, a third and eighteen, a third and twenty, a third and thirteen, a third and two that they made, a third and six, a third and five, a third and two. A third and 12, so that third and two isn't real. That was a holding penalty on it. And then a third and seven. They ended up making two out of 11 third downs. They Beyond that, they made one out of one fourth downs. Uh, and, you know, that three for 12 performance, that was in a large part the difference in the ball game here, that they, the, the Ravens got them to these really horrible third down situations, despite a bunch of big plays during the game. So they bunched up some of the yardage, 55, 37 on, on big passes. They had a lot of their runs were over 10 yards, which is great to get a 10-yard run, but it's also um, not helping you in terms of a series success rate, if that makes sense. It's not helping you get a, a series of multiple downs converted. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You're you're giving me this quizzical look. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just listening. No, not at all. I, I, I get you. So anyway, Um, got him in. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I I was just going to say, I, I, I thought they were great on third down and I agree with you that it helped that a lot of them were third and longs and the Browns were actually reminding me of some of those Joe Flacco years that it was like, if there was like a false start, it's like, drives over because this Ravens offense can't <laughs> overcome a five-yard penalty, you know, like the, the Browns just aren't set up to overcome penalties that push them back. You know, mm-hmm. so those two touchdown drives that they did have, it was like a chunk of five, a chunk of three, a chunk of four. And so a lot of times they wouldn't even get into third down because they were, they were able to convert earlier with these five-yard chunks. But if you get them in third and 15, you know, like – they're, they just don't, they're just not built for that. They're just not built for that. And so the fact that the Ravens could get in there a through penalties, but also I thought after those first two scoring drives, I thought McDonald brought a lot more pressure after that, both whether you were running or throwing, it was just, just more just like suffocating around that line of scrimmage. And I felt like when he made that change, that's when the defense started to go on a bit of a tear until, you know, the fourth quarter as usual. Um, but, but yeah, you get that team in third down, 
like that, third and long. So, yeah, it makes sense that they only converted two of the 11 because they're just not a good enough football team to convert those. Yeah, I mean, Jacoby Brissett is trying hard right now. The mm-hmm. the uh, the guy who I interviewed for the Browns preview uh, mm-hmm. really likes him, Jake Burns. Uh, thought he you know, playing admirably, admirably, but he's just not it. You know, they need they need to get a uh, they need to get Deshaun Watson back on the field in order to be a contender. And it's the Ravens' job to make sure they're not a contender by the time Deshaun Watson returns this year, at the very minimum. Right, um, and, and then uh, and then we'll hopefully hopefully see. Uh, let's move on here, if we would. Let's talk uh, some packages here. So there, we've talked a little bit about this. I'll, I'll be, I'll be fairly brief on it. But the Ravens played um, 15 snaps of base defense. Now here's where base defense: three defensive linemen, two outside linebackers, spread the line of scrimmage, two two linebackers in there still, give you the best possible run defense you can have. The Browns ran the ball 10 times for 32 yards, and their long was six, and all that. So they, every every play was positive, but every play was between one and six yards, and that generally you're going to do fine with that. Uh, they did pass the ball, however, five times against the base defense for 93 yards, 18.6 yards per play. So that involved one of the really a uh, couple of big plays, 55 and 22 yards were in there, uh, as well as a sack minus seven uh, for what it's worth. So it, the Ravens want to be in, in the base defense against the Browns. Uh, they still missed Michael Pierce, I believe, in this game. And having him and Travis Jones, I think, would have been really good. Travis, as the nose tackle alone, it's a big responsibility for him. And I thought he actually had a little difficulty holding his ground. Yeah, it just like when again, when when, you know, they were just running at will on some of those, it was just like who in the middle is just going to like put up a wall and and once in a while, Calais Campbell would. But outside of that, I mean, I think Roger Washington once did. Um but it's like you just don't have as much as like Brandon Williams wasn't a great wasn't great at getting um, pass rush. You just always felt like he he'd have a wall. You know, it was it was like you're not running five yards on me. That's not going to happen. And I just don't know that the Ravens have somebody on their defensive line that does that. Yeah, they uh, I mean, Travis Jones, I guess, could be that guy. Probably still needs a little more time getting used to NFL weight room and whatnot. But uh, uh Michael Pierce really is that guy, and he really looked like that was going to be just a great pairing. Uh, you know, Matt Ibike is he's his contribution to run defenses as a penetrator, so he needs to beat a guard one on one and get to the tackle and ragdoll a guard out of there. But anytime he's faced with two blocks, he's got the same problem. And Cleveland happens to have an exceptional offensive line capable of turning those double teams into an effective movement at the line of scrimmage and then a peel off block to level two that that holds on to one of your, your inside linebackers. So it's a, it's a tough situation against the Browns in particular. Yeah. And I guess like the good news is, is that once you make it to the playoffs, assuming the Ravens make it to the playoffs, you are going against more pass heavy teams. So, you know, not, not having that guy, uh, having a pass rush guy in the middle would be more important in those games than, than not, but it would be nice to have both. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked their defensive line before. I also thought this was a game that might have activated Mac, and mm. instead of say Boyle for the game, because uh, they they had some fairly marginal things. I, I th- one of the reasons I think they have Boyle on the roster, and I keep trying to figure it out week to week. They finally played him nine offensive snaps, so he's played eighteen in the last five weeks. It's not for that, but he, he plays the second position on punts. 
the I meaning he's next to the center. So they must really value what he offers there as a blocker to 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 be sticking with this. So I'm I'm just I I'm having a hard time. I don't know if you guys talk about that a lot on your well, show. Well, we t- I literally talked about it in the preview because I we were talking about whether or not Deshaun Jackson would be activated. And I said, mm-hmm. um, I said, I said it kind of depended on on Bateman, right? Uh, because if Bateman's not ready, then you're in a desperate mode the way you were with JPP. Like you threw JPP in because there literally was nobody else. And he did play well, but there was literally nobody else. And so if there was no Bateman, I could have seen Deshaun Jackson. But I also, so bringing this back down, back to Boyle, to me, once Deshaun Jackson is active, like Boyle seems like a guy, you know, a, a, maybe somebody you deactivate, you know, for, for that spot. Um, but yeah, I was looking at those special team snaps. And so, I mean, if they, if they like him on special teams, because he's really not playing much on offense. Yes, I, 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 we, yeah, we, yeah. it's, it's got to be special teams in, in a way. And it's yeah. so few snaps in both places. I, I don't completely understand it. The only thing I want to talk about otherwise package wise, they did play a six snaps of jumbo nickel, uh, which is something I, I kind of predicted them to play, but they did not stop the run there. They had two runs for 28 um, on though among those plays. So that wasn't good. Um, did they ever play dime? Cause I didn't think I ever saw it. Yeah, they played a little bit of dime. It, okay. it wasn't it wasn't much. Uh, let me go to it real quick. Maybe at the the love the final series there when they're end of the half was was oh, a lot the of the half. dime. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's that's all that's always the way it, it goes. But uh, they played ten snaps of the of the regular dime for three yards. Now that's okay. nice. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. one snap for seven yards uh, uh, of the rush dime, which was on where they had three outside linebackers on the field, and they also played three okay. snaps a quarter. And that was at the very end of the game. So that's they're, what they're I was, yeah, a, that's what I was thinking. Up. There might have been yeah more yeah. more out there is when they're just throwing up prayers. Yeah, they actually. I mean, they had so many third and long situations. All those all those were basically dime. Uh, so mm. you know they uh, they were pretty pretty you know normal with it. I'd say not not. Uh, they never had a lead where they could put it on the field the whole time though. Right. All right, so I'll tell you what we'll do. We will come back in about uh, a few minutes and talk again uh, and talk about the pass rush and some individual player stuff. We're very lucky to have Sarah Ellison. He's She's at SG Ellison on Twitter, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.